All right. Hi, everyone. Boone, you're here. Uh, General Michael Flynn, you have joined us as well. Very excited about this. Boone, mute your microphone. It's the little button on the bottom left there. Got it. Cool. So um, we have also uh, Nick, a.k.a. Name Redacted, helping me kind of manage things here. This space I'm super excited about. We're going to do um, a breakdown of the book written by um, General Flynn and Boone, um, Fifth Generation, A Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. And we're going to go through and explain to everybody what that means how it's being applied nowadays and what you guys can do to identify when something like that's happening and how you can kind of fight back against it. Um, General Flynn, thank you for joining me this evening. Yeah, Tracy, thanks. And I really appreciate, uh, and I know uh, my brother Boone is up on the net and, uh, and I am, I'm really fired up about this Twitter spaces capability. I appreciate everybody that's on and maybe others that'll join us uh, just, just coming on to listen and, and to uh, hear a little bit about, uh, this book that Boone, Boone and I crafted and, uh, and put out for really people to understand what's happening. Um, but I, again, I, before we jump into the, into the main topic, I, this is my second time doing Twitter spaces. Uh, I actually think it's a great capability. I, I maybe it existed after I got booted off a couple of years ago, but I'm, I'm uh, glad to be back onto uh, Twitter, to be honest with you. I think it's uh, it's a, a, a wonderful uh, way for uh, public discourse, you know, the you know bots, trolls, and all. Um, and I'm really excited about uh, being back on and being able to provide people my perspective of what I have learned over my uh, many years of being in the, you know, the intelligence, the military, the national security arena. And and I'm really really honored to uh, have gotten to know uh, you know Sergeant Boone Cutler. Uh, Boone is a uh, terrific uh, writer and friend, and uh, I'm looking forward to having a conversation here tonight with uh, with us and then answering some questions from uh, the audience. Yeah, Boone, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who may not know you, give a little brief background on what you've done. Well, Tracy, thanks for inviting me. I hope I hope you can hear me. I'm, I'm new to this space, too, here. Um, uh, is Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir, you're good. Okay, good. Uh, well, a little bit about myself. First of all, I just want to thank my, my writing partner, uh, General Flynn, because when we sat out to, you know, I can't really talk about my background and my experience without kind of how, uh, figuring out how that intertwines. And, you know, it's been a, um, it's been an interesting, interesting road. I, I first learned about General Flynn, uh, when I was overseas, when I was in Iraq. Um, also heard about him a lot, uh, from, from the other guys after I had been medevaced home and I was at Walter Reed. And so I had a lot of respect for the man, you know, especially working in an area known as Sadr City in Iraq. It was, it was very, uh, it was a very, um, it was an interesting time and it was a very, very kinetic, uh, space, battle space there in Iraq. And, uh, it had a lot going on within the special operations community. I was working the PSYOP side at that time and, um, and and we saw a lot and we did a lot, you know, and, and it wasn't it was amazing to me at that time. And and this is where this this intersection starts to take place. It was amazing to me at that time that the United States military and the coalition forces were spending so much time, you know, conducting these these kinetic operations against the militia members, against, uh, you know, trying to trying to trying to pick some people up to do some fighting and knock some other people down so they didn't do as much fighting. And what was amazing about that is from a PSYOP perspective, you could look at the average adult in Sauter City 
and they their mentality was that of an average American 12 year old when it came down to relating and understanding. And it was just a very, very basic time. And I thought to myself at that time, I wish we were spending more time on this, this non-kinetic relationship building, um, kind of <clears throat> strategy than, than, than staring down, you know, the, staring down the, 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 the barrel of a rifle because it seemed to be so much more effective. And then here we skip forward and, you know, those same strategies that we were trying to utilize there that we did utilize that, that brought a lot of, uh, adva- advantages to our own military. Well, then here we are back home and it's, it's years down the road, but I look at the same strategies that we were utilizing, uh, militarily. Uh, in in Sadr City and, and throughout Iraq, um, these non-kinetic operations, these, this uh, irregular warfare uh, strategies, and lo and behold, it's happening here. And uh, General Flynn and I just kind of got into a conversation one day about this topic, and and I realized, and what we realized that you know, I realized that I've been traveling the country talking to veterans of the veteran space. And they, they just felt this confusion all the time. Hey, what's happening? I feel like I'm being tricked. I feel like I'm being manipulated. And I'm talking in the veteran space, and General Flynn is traveling the country speaking to different audiences, not primarily veteran, mm-hmm. but but large patriotic audiences. And and he's telling me that people are asking him the same thing. And it's like, well, if if you know, from a psyop perspective, you're always looking at aggregates and groups of people. There were just a tremendous amount. This is where this cannot be understated. A tremendous amount of people from all different walks of life across the American, uh, American space of America. And they were all having the same problems. And we were explaining the same things to all these different groups. And it was like, you know what? We need to get this down. We need to make something so everybody can relate to it and we can get the word out in mass. Otherwise, people are not going to be able to accomplish the goals that they want to accomplish. So this is a this is a lot of military experience from my side and General Flynn's side that goes in to 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 helping people understand what's happening right now. And that's what the Citizens Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare is all about. And Tracy, thank you so much for moderating tonight. Yeah, sure thing. Tracy, if I could just jump on on one thing, because Boone brings a lot to, uh, you know, really brings in a lot of a wealth of experience and a lot to mind, um, you know, in the world of of uh fifth generation warfare you know like but in like in other elements other aspects of it there's a lot of intelligence a lot of counterintelligence a lot of psychological operations a lot of information operations a lot of irregularities uh it it is a it is a uh it's very very unrestricted because it is really about the mind and and less about geography um, and even it's it's even uh, uh, less about ideology in some cases. Uh, it's really about, uh, you know, manipulation and and uh, and shifting and changing. Uh, the, you know, so the, this this narrative that we uh, find ourselves within. And I think that that's the challenge that people, you know, as we try to understand what it is that's happening all around us. It is a it, it is a specifically defined form of warfare, and that's fifth generation warfare. And what we try to bring out in the Citizens Guide in a very uh, in a very simple way, uh, using using our military experiences and backgrounds, a way to define clearly in 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 layman's language, and then to walk a reader through uh, not only the the different aspects of what we're up up against or what we face, but also to tell people how to understand when things are happening to you and you don't completely get it. You know, you, I mean, there, we've sort of pitted neighbor against neighbor and, 
friend against friend, even family member against family member. And that's not that's not the enemy. Right. The enemy is something totally different. Uh, but we've been manipulated to believe otherwise. And I think that that the, those components that I stated up front there, you know, the intelligence, counterintelligence, psychological operations uh, and and the ideas of information warfare. What Boone described and what he learned and what he what he act, you know did in uh, in Iraq, in Sadr City, in a in a very tactical way, but but with strategic impacts, we were doing uh, all over the the uh, the nation of Iraq, all over the the uh, the Central Asian republics that included Pakistan, Afghanistan, the you know the northern tier like Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and we were and we were also beginning to get into that into places like Somalia and uh, North Africa and other parts of the uh, African continent. So it's a real, uh, it's a breath, breath of experience and, uh, and, and, and uh, knowledge that we tried to bring together for, frankly, not just for, you know, the veteran community or the military community, but for just every citizen. And, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, it's, it, it doesn't just uh, affect, affect and touch on uh, American citizens because all of humanity is facing this. Yeah, it's 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 we're really the the target or the quote victim, mm-hmm. the everyday person, because that's how that's how things get done. Um, but you know, a lot of people don't even understand why or where we came to from you know to get to fifth generation warfare. So if one of you guys could define exactly what fifth genera- generation warfare is and how it's used, and then we'll get into some details about it and show some examples of of how it's being used right now. I'm going to let Boone jump on that, and uh, and we'll kind of we'll kind of banter back and forth on uh, on different uh, components of it. Boone, <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, just like this is one thing that I think it helps people understand this concept of of generations of warfare. Just like we have generations of people, we've got boom boomers, millennials, uh, yeah, Gen Xers, uh, Gen Zers. Well, it's the same thing for warfare. You know, they go through these ages and, and basically you go back to, to first generation warfare. There's some discrepancies on where one begins and where one ends and, and how they overlap. But this is the general arc of how these things happen. And in first generation warfare was basically pre gun, gunpowder. So you guys think about the movies like, uh, uh, that one Mel Gibson did where he's painted himself blue and everything. And they're out there swinging axes on, on each other and all that stuff. That's pre-gun, that's pre-gun powder. And that's what they're doing. And then we get into second generation warfare. Now we start seeing the use of gunpowder powder. We have firearms. We see people, you know, learning how to march in formations and align formations to, to hit each other in different angles. And that's the second generation of, of warfare. Then we get into third generation. Now we're getting into trenches we're trying to 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 overcome that getting into battle alignment and be able to uh deflect the enemy upon their approach and so now we're in trenches uh third generation warfare we're also seeing artillery long long range artillery we're starting to see flying machines gas powered vehicles we're starting to see machine guns we're starting to see things that really amp up the veracity of of battle that that just intense battle and then we get up a, and and from long range you know we go from the you know the length of a of a sword to the distance of an arrow and now we're talking about long range artillery now we start creeping into atomic warfare we start getting into really kind of crazy stuff where we can change the you know the the entire geographical area 
of, of, of a battle space with, with big bombs, you know, and now we get into fifth generation warfare, fifth generation warfare. We're talking about state actors. That means a country, a non-state actor. That means an, an entity that works on behalf, maybe work on behalf of a, a country, but not in an official capacity, like terrorism. Terrorism is part of that time period or as like well. NGOs, we, correct? You know, Atlantic NG, Council, exactly. Very much so. Yes, very much so. And you'll see that in the guide where we lay out, you know, what is a non-government organization? What is a state actor? What's a non-state actor? How? Do, what's the interplay? Who's got what, what piece of the pie and how that whole thing comes together? Because that's where a lot of people don't realize, and, and we'll get back to this, this the, the, the generations, but they don't realize that there's pieces of the pie and they all kind of work together and it does work globally, but it shapes cognitively. So all these factors work globally, but they shape cognitively. And the goal really is to get inside of the decision-making process of a human being. How does this person make decisions and how can we influence their decision through perspective? And that's where we're getting into this fifth generation warfare. And it's, it's not new. Psychological operations have been done way back to the first generation warfare, where it used to be kind of ancillary and supporting to all the other generations of warfare. Now it's the primary aspect of this warfare it's psychological it is cyber it is economic it's all the things that affect the battle space without having to drop a bomb on it although sometimes they still drop bombs and, on. and i had the kind of privilege of being able to kind of provide a a bit of a presentation on this to be used when talking about the book and i included a video from the u.s government um, about their mm-hmm. psyops division called ghosts and if you guys have never seen that, I'll find it. I'll link it in the nest above the space here. It's chilling, but it's legitimately exactly everything that Boone just said, demonstrated by our government in an advertisement. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if you can, uh, Tracy, maybe we, if it's not a large uh, video in terms of size, maybe it's even posted. It's worth posting because I think that when people see it, they'll go, "Holy mackerel!" That's I, I'm I'm that person, or I, I'm involved. You know, I'm inside of that. One thing that I would that I would add to what Boone talked about, if fifth generation warfare is done correctly, it causes people to lead themselves in in a in the desired direction so that the manipulator. So those that are manipulating us, they avoid detection. And that's 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 a that's a mastery that we actually do have uh, components of our own government, and there's certainly uh, others, other governments, uh, but and they're usually small components inside of our government where I would say there's a true level of expertise that understand this. And for those of us that have studied it and, and participated inside of this idea of, of manipulative uh, uh, warfare, the idea of causing people to lead themselves in a particular direction in the desired direction that the manipulator wants you to go, you know, that then it's actually pretty easy to get people to move in that direction. And, you know, for for example, like the, uh, you know, and, and, and I guess another, another aspect of that is that it's really designed to affect all our actions and, you know, it's things like who you vote for, what social causes you support, uh, who your perceived enemies are, and I just like a couple of examples, like, you know, the, the last 40, 50 years, the abortion, the whole abortion issue, this all this um, stuff going on about critical race theory, uh, Black Lives Matter. I mean, there are there are so many things that are that are in the current here and now. But if you look back over time, 
Uh, there have been there have been psychological operations directed against uh, directed against all of us in this country. You know, I, I was listening to something earlier this week, and we were talking about uh, you know the va- it was kind of comparing the vaccine, and and they, then they brought around the the whole issue of what's going on in Eastern Europe. You know, we're we're talking about nuclear weapons, like we've and, and the exchange of nuclear weapons, like we never talked about even during the Cold War. You know, when I was a kid, and, and there's, and there's a, a lot of people on here that, that are probably not of my age or not of my generation. But when I was a kid, I was in public schools, and we would do these duck and cover exercises like it was going to save us, you know. So we would do these nuclear exercises in elementary school where we would we would literally be told, okay, the bell would go off, and we would jump underneath our desk and, and, and cower down there for, you know, a, a couple of minute, five-minute drill. Or if you saw a flash of light, you had to do the same thing. You had to, you know, get down like it was going to do anything. I mean, it was a it was a psychological operation to get us to to believe that actually something that was not possible, which is a surviving a nuclear exchange, uh, could be possible by just jumping underneath your desk. I mean, the, so so we have we have had manipulation going on for a long, long time. And and what I want um what I want people to understand is that what what sometimes appears ambiguous, uncertain uh, and random is not. It's not at all. And in fact, it's actually it's purposely and intentionally designed to manipulate us to, uh, you know, in, into a desired direction that uh, the manipulator wants to take. And all the time they avoid detection or they want to avoid detection. I think that that's in the world of social media. And, and the world of information that we now have access to, that, that a lot of human beings have access to, uh, we, now, we now can overcome that by moving information much faster and, uh, and actually uh, operating inside of the manipulator's sort of decision uh, loop, right, so to speak. And I think that we're able to do that to a degree. But in the meantime, it is still happening all around us. And I think that, uh, you know, if people feel like, like there's a if they have a sense of fear at times well that fear is justified because you know it's it is that a a a single sort of shadow government is is operating and secretly using the uh, aspects of hybrid irregular and unrestricted warfare against us and uh and they just they assume that we're not smart enough to figure it out so uh those are just some other thoughts that i have about fifth generation warfare and and what we're up against Awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, this this is where I think we're going to get into a little bit more nitty gritty for folks, because when people think of 5GW, of fifth generation warfare, they automatically think PSYOP and they don't realize that there are other factions within it. So there are like three different tenets of it that, that they discuss in the book, um, Boone and, and General Flynn. Boone, you want to explain the difference between a PSYOP, a PSYACT, and then explain what a target audience is so people understand? Yeah, I can I can actually do it in a, in a with an example of something that we of actual operations that that we conducted in other places. I'll give you an example. Okay, we we, we got psyop, we got psyact, and what was the other one? Target audience. When a target audience is just a group you're trying to affect. Okay, it, it can be anything. It can be males over fifty. It can be females under twenty. It can be a family. It can be a militia. 
It can be government workers. It can be non-commissioned officers as opposed to enlisted. It can be officers as opposed to non-commissioned officers. It's just a group. That's, that's all target audiences that's defined by certain characteristics that you're, that you can, you can loop them together. Um, you've got a, a psyop. A psyop is basically something that you're going to do to change how they, how they view things, to change their attitude and perspective of a situation. If I change your attitude, it immediately modifies your behavior. Once your behavior is changed, then the entire situation has changed. So as a goal for a PSYOP, you're always trying to influence attitudes that affect behavior to support some sort of objective that you're trying to, to create. Um, so that's a, that's a PSYOP. That's the target audience. PSYACT. Uh, it's a psychological action. It's, it's an action that occurs that affects your target audience. Um, let me see if I can think of, of a good, of a good, okay, here's a good one. Okay. We're, we're working the street, right? And we want to make sure that the militia gets pinned on some really, really bad stuff because that is one of our target audiences. But what our other target audience, our primary target audience is the citizenry. And we want that citizenry to not like the militia. So if we're out in an area, there may be a psy act occurs. And at this point in time, let's say a psy act is the murder of a of an affluent person inside the community. Well, if we find out that that murder is of an affluent person that is well liked, then we will we will first we have to have access to our target audience. And in that time, the way we got access to the target audience isn't by walking around and and passing out flyers or putting up signs. The best way at, at that time to, to get access to your target target environment, target target audience was to talk to the children and to tell them a secret. Now, this is what I'm talking about when we talk about manipulating audiences and they don't know they're being manipulated because we knew if we told a group of children a secret about the person and how they were murdered, like we would say, hey, yeah, that, that person that was – we do our homework. We find out – make sure this person was the, – the, the conditions have to be set. But the person's a good person. We tell the kids, oh, yeah, the militia murdered him because he was telling their secrets and he didn't like the militia. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. Now we just told the kid that. Well, who's going to listen to a kid? Nobody but their parents, right? Well, in that environment, those... oh, we lost Boone. Oh, let, let me pick up there. Let me let me pick up. He'll he'll come back on. He'll he'll dial back in. Can you still hear me? Okay, I hear you. Yeah, so, and let me let me just talk about SIAC because he did a great job explaining the SIOP and the SIAC. The SIAC psychological action is the weaponization of fear. And control. That's really what it comes down to. So if you, if somebody was to say, what's a psychological action? And we, we Towards, talk about this. Yeah, go, Boone, you're back yeah, up. Psychological action. You, you had fall. You had fallen off. Go ahead, Boone. Keep. keep oh, yeah. So now we we've had a psychological action, the psy act, the murder, or the killing of a good person. You've got the target audience, which means the citizenry. You've got delivery of that message through a susceptible target audience, which is the kids. And you have a psychological operation that all spun around that one psy act to get the citizenry to dislike and distrust the militia. And that's how the whole game kind of works together. Let me let me let me add to something because I to to bring it kind of into a a world that this particular audience. Is very, should be very familiar with because we've just lived through it. So let me just explain it as like COVID as a psychological action, right? 
And again, I, as I as I said uh, before, Boone was able to get back on. It's the weaponization of fear and control. So a novel vaccine is introduced. You know, the media, the propaganda arm of of uh, of what we're up against, and and, a, and really large, and I would say sort of in quotes, trusted bureaucracies and governments, not just here in the United States but around the world manipulated the public to to further implement global control, because that's really what COVID is as a psychological uh, uh, action. Step one in this. So to be very to try to be very precise. Step one is get the vaccine to save your grandma and and stop the spread. You know, step two. Right. These are these are the types of messaging. Whoever has not gotten the vaccine is an enemy. So everybody that's out there, if you haven't gotten the vaccine, you're an enemy. Now, now, we now know a lot more, but in the beginning, this was all what we faced. This is probably one of the greatest uh, mind-controlled, you know, games that we've been through. And then step three is really to the to where we then mandated vaccines. We were put into a world where vaccines were mandated with widespread public support due to, you know, all these previously detailed actions, right? So... You know, talk about talk about population control and my, you know, mind manipulation. I mean, we were we were beat across the head and shoulders because we were not only the target audience and and there was a there was a massive psychological operation that required that required a, a whole range of capabilities. The media being one, you know, governments that were, you know, that were uh, in collusion with each other. And then, of course, the the big pharmaceutical uh, organizations, and then there were others on the on the periphery that mattered and uh, and participated. But it was basically, you know, if you don't get the vaccine, you're 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 you know you're killing others, right? If you don't stand, I mean, you know, the idea of standing six feet apart, right? So, you know, the idea of saying trust the science, trust the science, and all those were all actions that were done inside of this operation, this large psychological operation that we were all put through. Now, all that said, we now know, and it gets back to what I said prior, we now know because we have been able to uh, outsmart, we have been able to outspeed uh, because we have, uh, we have all these independent voices, many of them who are, who are on, this, uh, on this Twitter space tonight, but also across the social media platforms. But what have we learned? You know, without without uh, I mean, where where Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram and some of these others were totally controlling the ability for for people to be able to move information rapidly to overcome this this pressure tactic of psychological actions to manipulate, the, you know, the targeted audiences, were, which was us. And so now that we've had, and, you know, this is why I'm really thankful for what Elon Musk has done. He's basically allowed an open discourse, and we now know we have now seen the 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 uh, you know the exposure of the government. I mean, directly, directly manipulating what we were going to you know what they wanted us to believe. I mean, that is very clear. There's no more conspiracy theory anymore. It's factual, and I think that what we're going to see is if is if uh, Facebook and 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 that side and me, even Google, you know, that they're they're uh, uh, at some point in time. And I guess I'll stop with this. The truth always rises uh, to the top. It always comes out. 
Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but it always comes out. And that's part of part of understanding, you know, where is the light at the end of the tunnel? The light at the end of the tunnel is the truth. And that's how you overcome. And that's how you defeat a psychological operation. Yeah, so, I want to add to this for, for everybody out there who already has a copy of the Citizens Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. If you haven't checked out, uh, we don't have page numbers. We have lessons. Lesson number 219, 2-19. Uh, that's primary influence tactics and everything that, that General Flynn just spoke about, how this PSYOP occurred, how the populace, how the citizenry worldwide had been affected. These are techniques. And I, I encourage every, if you have not gotten the guide yet, everybody listening right now, if you have not purchased the Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare, do that. And as soon as you do, pay close attention because you want to know how they did the COVID game. You want to know how they made this PSYOP happen. Pay close attention to Lesson 2-19, 2-19, Primary Influence Tactics. Very important to check that out. Yeah. So and let me, and let, know, me just, let me just let me just let me just read a little bit of that because I it's so important because you know not everybody will go out and buy it, but you know and we we would like you to. But so let me just read you a little bit because it's that, that Boone is so spot on. It's about rewards and punishment, and the way we state it is: if you do X, you will get Y. Or if you do, if you do not do X, then Y will happen to you. Example, surrender and you will be treated well. Continue to fight and you will be killed. So it's like, you know, if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be chastised. You're going to be, you're not going to be allowed to, to go into, you know, whatever. I mean, there, you know, restaurants or all the kind of stuff that we did, right? All the kind of things that we've been, we've been going through. And there's a, there's a, uh, a another, uh, set of things that we talk about because it's really an important chapter of that where we talk about expertise we talk about gifts and gift giving we talk about debt you know debt you know calling in favors right we talk about aversive stimulation moral appeal positive and negative self-feeling positive and negative alter casting you know it's a really it's 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 a phenomenal description of exactly what it is that we're talking about and and if you understand nothing else you, and you can really get into the into the the details of of that particular uh, component of the book it's it, it you'll it'll blow your mind as to where because you're going to see after you finish something like that you're going to say to yourself oh my god these these you know half a dozen of these have happened to me in my life and it's not just covid related it's other parts of your life that you've been through I'm really glad that you just said that because it segues nicely into the next point I wanted to cover, which is not everything is a psyop, right? Mm -hmm. But parts of parts, uh, things that happen organically are weaponized as such. So uh, an organic event that happens can then be used to manipulate the way the way the powers that be, for lack of a better word, want to. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple of examples, General Flynn and Boone. You tell me if you agree. Gulf of Tonkin was a purposeful false flag operation. Discretionary or, or incidental is to what you're saying. Uh, what you're talking about is you're talking about psyaks. There are two different types of psychological actions. One is discretionary. The other is incidental. Mm -hmm. Uh, discretionary meaning, yeah, we meant to do this. We did it on purpose. We made it occur. Incidental is like, oh, that's very convenient. Let's make sure we spin that the right way. Mm -hmm. So of the two, you know, when you talk about false flag, was it something that, that was done on purpose or was it something that occurred that we just used for our, our, on our behalf? 
Uh, you're talking about the Gulf of Tonkin. I think we want it in there pretty bad. Um, it, it was purposeful. I mean, it's been done. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they... yeah, we want it in there pretty bad. That's a discretionary uh, agent of action that occur, that made that occur. Yeah. And then and you've then, got and, stuff let me, like... So let me jump into sort of those, those, other, sure. those other type of things, like, like a shooting, a shooting in, in the United States someplace that, you know, might be a domestic terrorist type attack or maybe, uh, you know, an international type of terrorist attack. That's something that that, uh, you know, happens. And then what what is the consequence? You know, massive outcry for gun control. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with the gun. It has everything to do with the mindset of the person that committed the crime, whether it's mental health issues or whether it's a terrorist act. And so you see how we can be manipulated and everybody that particular example, everybody knows it because every time that there's a shooting, they go, well, we got to get take away guns when it's not the it's not that's not the issue. It's the it's the it's the mental health of the of the of the person who conducted it or it's the terrorist who conducted it. But the manipulation by by the media and by the political side, particularly those on the you know in the political class that want to manipulate that whole conversation. So that's just another example. And another one that I think everybody fell victim to, whatever side you were on, honestly, is someone, I, I think it's one nobody would really think of, but the confrontation between Nicholas Sandman and the gentleman at the Capitol. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, absolutely. That, 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 you know, was an attempt to really, really weave a narrative. Again, the fifth generation warfare is a war of narratives, you know, sort of big picture, 60,000 foot level, which narrative is going to win the day. And initially everybody's like, what's going, you know, like you look at it and you go, what's going on here. And then what ends up happening once the, once the fog settles and some clarity begins to come into, into uh, view, then all of a sudden you start to realize, well, wait a second, this, this whole thing, this whole thing was a setup and and lo and behold, down the road, you know, we go through we go through all of the uh, the actions that took place with uh, Nicholas Sandman. And and, uh, uh, and, you know, and he wins a massive case against I think it was CNN, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was CNN. And, and you know, the only reason why I point that one out is because even both both quote sides that they wanted warring with each other fell into that one so cleanly without even thinking about it. Like we were warring against the people that said he was, you know, a white supremacist, crazy kid. And the people who thought he was a white supremacist, crazy kid were warring against us. And they had us fighting exactly the way they wanted to Mm -hmm. um, all by the way that they, they, they manipulated that event to be what they wanted it to be. Well, they, they, they tried to create this manipulation to defame this young person, to create a narrative. But this this is working less and less. Our, our very own General Michael Flynn recently won his case that I think more and more people should should be aware of. Where you know you try and defame a person to to further an agenda. If you're if you're doing that, you, you're going to get busted. You you better bring a lot of money for your lie because you're going to pay. You're going to pay big. Mm-hmm. So congratulations no, on that. Thank, General. Thank I didn't you. know that. Yeah, just recently. Yeah, yeah. I I tweeted <laughs> it out, and a lot of people. So people that might be listening or or the. You know, a lot of a lot of trolls. I mean, it, it's never about the money. It's about the principle about. And it's also the principle in my in my mind is fighting back for things that you that you believe in and that you stand for. So 
appreciate you bringing that up, Boone. So, so let me. No, I, I do, and I, I want to bring up a couple other things. There's a whole lot of people out there, and I've seen this over the over the amount of time last year. Or so we've been working together. So I've seen a, a lot of people are going to look at this and say, "Well, you know, General Flynn, he understands all this. He's putting this out, and you know, why is he putting this out? Well, I'll, I'll, to give you one really good, excellent reason, he wants to put this out. That's because you're talking to the guy who has probably had more funds spent on him in the use of fifth generation warfare mm-hmm. than almost any other American. I mean, to truly fifth generation warfare tactics have been leveled square against general Finn and his family. And it, I mean, everybody within a 30 meters has been, been splattered by something just because they wanted to get this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy has fought back. He has survived. And guess what? Now he's un, he's unveiling the entire game. He's not only going to show who is, who's done what to him, but how everyone is playing the game and how they're screwing everybody over, including you and me. Yeah. That's well said. Yeah. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. As as a splatter victim, I can attest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Another splatter victim. Let me let me, uh, let me uh, make one one other statement or comment here, and uh, and then maybe I'm just watching the time. It's you know I got seven oh seven. You know maybe uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'm gonna I want to just address how to win. Okay, and and Boone, I'll I'll go back to you, and then maybe Tracy, we can go. Uh, Tracy and Nick, we can go to. However, you guys want to run some questions because I know people always have questions and I love to, I love to be able to answer as much, much as we can. So, you know, we, we address how to win in, in uh, fifth generation warfare and I'll just touch on some of it. You know, you, you got to have uh, sort of a sustainable uh, living environment around you, you know, a network of friends who, who, uh, who can provide different things to you. I mean, not only good advice, trusted, trusted advice, but also you know, in this in this warfare that we're involved in, and I can see this coming down the road. I mean, even even the whole idea of, of food resources that you might have to uh, turn to, uh, depending on the direction that that things go. Uh, and I'm watching very closely. You know, the new world order crowd, the World Economic Forum crowd, the uh, you know the the this rise of the globalist elite, and uh, and and how they see the future, this, these transitions to new financial systems, to new health systems. And this is all global. This is not what we're going what, what to do in, in, uh, in hometown USA. This is what these people want to do globally. The other thing is, is uh, create a circle of, of trust, you know, for where you are locally, for, for really you know, sort of Boone calls it a, a, a trust for barter. You know, it's like, you, you, in your community, and again, how you operate, it's law enforcement officers, it's local lawmakers, it's, you know, maybe, maybe some of the, some of the, uh, the local workers in your community, construction, landscapers, I mean, th- those kinds of things. I think that there's, there's a whole group of doctors and nurses now that are on the sort of America's front line of doctors and, and, uh, and they're, they're trying to create alternative uh, healthcare systems outside of, of this sort of government controlled world health organization type, uh, type, uh, uh, organization structure that they're trying to do. Farmers, vet, veteran, uh, veterans, uh, hunters, you know, even, even, uh, you know, I used to be when I was, when I was a young kid, my, I was taught a little bit about ham radio. Ham radio is probably, could be something that comes back into vogue because it's actually one of the more secure means of communicating. 
if for, for people that don't even know what ham radio operators do. And then just mechanics. I mean, and those, so all those types of people that I just talked about, those are, that's a circle of, of, uh, of, you know, maybe it's an inner circle. Maybe it's a, a, a circle that's around you in your community of people that you can trust and you get to know because, I do think that, you know, in fact, I always say local action, national impact. If you don't understand your local community, you're not going to survive in a fifth generation war. And we're in the midst of it. Manage your mind. Right. That's another part about how to win. Manage your mind. Learn how to identify what we've already described. Psychological operations, psychological actions. Resist the urge to be uh, to become emotionally charged. Right. I mean, take a deep breath. Step back. And don't allow emotions to make the decisions really uh, and resist that urge to allow that and ask, ask more questions. I love these kinds of, again, that's why I set up front this Twitter space uh, initiative and, and just other ways that we can do this, you know, research, dig and just learn more and, and short circuit, short circuit the polarization with critical thinking. And that sometimes just means asking tough questions. Asking tough questions, you're not always going to get the answer that you want, but but ask tough questions. If you don't get the answer, then you go and dig. Because I'm going to tell you, if you there, there's plenty of resources out there to to find what the you know what different views are, not just the answer, but different views of what a what a potential answer can be. I just spent early early this morning. I watched an hour long documentary that just that just. Uh, uh, got and I just posted it on online actually uh, within the last couple hours, and it, and it basically to me as much history as I've read, I still there's still things that I there's a lot that I don't know and a lot that I'm still trying to learn and try to connect dots, and uh, and make sure that you share those with friends who may not necessarily understand what it is that we're facing. And I have a lot of family. I'm one of nine. I got my wife's one of seven. We're always in the midst of you know conversing with our family members and and close friends. And many of them don't have the background and experiences that guys like Boone and I have, and they're not digging on, in on it, you know, on this stuff every day. And so share some of these things. That's why this citizen's guide is so important uh, from our perspective to get into the hands of everybody. And, and, uh, and uh, Boone likes to say this hack, hack the trickery, right? Hack the trickery. And how you hack the trickery is you meet in person, right? Dominate the physical domain. Where you can, again, it gets back to local because you might have friends on the other side of, uh, of the country or other parts or other regions of the country and you can't always meet. But when you can meet in person, face to face and, and really dominate the physical, uh, domain. And, um, and I, I just, those are just a couple of ways to, to think about how do we win. Boom. Let- can we speak to, to something real quick before we take mm-hmm. questions too? And, mm-hmm. um, okay. So not, everything is a psyact or a psyop either mm-hmm. like there's a tendency to not trust literally anything because everything's been a lie so it's really important that people understand how to figure this stuff out any tips or tricks you can give people when they see an event happen on how to do that yeah so something i learned in 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 the intelligence business and i've always said this because people would come to me with the with some, you know, some bombshell, right? Some big report, some something that just happened. And I learned to never trust the first report. Okay, never trust the first report. Meaning, meaning as soon as you hear somebody, you know, something happened and somebody goes, it was this, you know, or this happened. And, and the first, your first response should be noted, absorb it, 
data point, you know, attach it to some synaptic in your brain somewhere. And, and if it's, if it's a big enough thing to drive you to have to learn more about it, or if it's something that is not going to impact your, your life right at that moment, then you just keep driving on with whatever you're doing. But if it's going to impact your life, if it's going to cause us to, to, you know, to have to change something, then, then go and start to look into other pieces of information that surround it. You know, you, you have to bring in your own life's experiences into, uh, into controlling your emotions when, a when that first report comes in, you know, oh my God, we're all going to die of COVID, right? It's like, wait a second. Uh, you know, I, I've been sick before. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a vaccine denier. I don't, and I'm not, you know, they all the names I've been called. Um, so what I want to do is I want to learn about what it is that I'm about to inject into my body. Right. And, and I'm using that as an example, but there's many other types of examples that uh, we've, we've brought up a few here tonight that, Again, take it in, take a deep breath and go. If it's something that is going to cause you to to uh, to adjust your behavior, then go look at other pieces of it, of evidence and information to teach yourself about what kind of uh, behavioral change you are willing to make in order to uh, to uh, to you know achieve whatever it is that you're being told to do. What do you got, Boone? Anything? Yeah, I, I think I think you hit it. You know, on the uh, cognitively, what we're talking about is we're saying, hey, it's kind of like, uh, you know, start, stop, drop, and roll. You feel the flames, stop, drop, mm-hmm. and roll. Well, it, we're not talking about flames, are we? We're just talking about something that makes you feel a certain way. So you don't necessarily have to react. You can just sit back and go, okay, that's mildly interesting. You know, I, I saw something uh, this last week. You know, a report came out. There's something happening in the center of the earth that's affecting polarity. And I saw this really nice lady, very intelligent woman. She was talking about this. I known her a long time, and she was. And she sent me the article, and and I looked at and I went through the whole article, and she was very excited about it. And I, I said, "Now, what what do you surmise this to be?" And she's like, "Well, you know, every so many thousands of years, the Earth reverses polarity and it changes the climate, and everything dies or something, right?" Well, that's not what was in the article. That was a thing that she had heard at some other time in her life. But from the headline, it made her recall that. Now, all of a sudden, the entire article becomes we're going to it's going to be total devastation of the planet Earth. And it wasn't that thing. So before you take your mind and follow it where it wants to go, just stop half a second mm-hmm. and take a good look at what you're reading. Take a good look at what you're reading before you attach it to everything else. Pull the facts out of it. Uh, when it's, you see stuff like may or could possibly occur or uh, potentially has occurred before, well, these are really still unknowns mm-hmm. that someone's trying to fill in a story. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's their job. But it's your mm-hmm. job to figure it out if it means total devastation or if it, mean, if, it, if it means like, hey, this is something that happens about every 70 to 100 years and we're still here, so we're going to be all mm-hmm. right. So that's you got to control your own mind. You got to protect your mind. You got to control your emotions because that's the only way you can protect your yeah, mind. Yeah, I mean, I and I would. It's it's manage your mind, decide wisely, and use critical thinking skills. Yep. Awesome. All right. Cool. So we're going to go to some questions here. Nick, I know you had a question earlier. If you want to pop in and, and introduce yourself quick and ask a question, then we'll take the audience. Uh, General Flynn, it's nice to finally speak with you, and thanks for taking the time to come up here. Absolutely, Nick. Um, 
one thing I noticed, uh, Boone, when you were describing sort of the evolution of, of warfare, how we started out from, you know, the Mel Gibson movie uh, all the way up to where we are now in a fifth generation type warfare. What it seems, I mean, we're in a nuclear age, so big powers are not going to get involved directly in conflict. So you look back at the last four years or so and what has happened in the United States with every issue that comes up, whether it's, um, you know, the George Floyd incident, Black Lives Matter, uh, COVID. I mean, everything is causing so much division in this country. You have people are losing friends, family members stop talking to each other. Um, I mean, you get to the COVID and vaccines. If someone in a family doesn't get a vaccine, people cut them off. And everything's sort of directed through the media and social media and everything we're learning and, you know, through Twitter files and all this sort of thing, how it's all carefully, um, you know, manipulated and, and the same narrative seems to keep pushing out. Like, it, are there... It seems to me when I step back and look at this, it seems like there's a foreign influence causing a lot of these things and trying to cause sort of a collapse of the U.S. from within. Do you guys what do you think about? Well, I think you're already you're already hitting it. And this is this is one of this is the, the this is the type of conversation that earlier when we first started the interview and I said, you know, General Flynn and I were standing in a hallway and he's telling me about the stuff that people are asking him. I'm telling him about the stuff people are asking me and it's the same stuff. Well, everything you just laid out is pretty much the same thing that's on everybody's mind mm -hmm. and they don't have an answer for it. And so we wrote about these things in the guide. I want everybody to go out there and get go, go get it. I'm not going to be shy about it. You've got to pick this up. We've got to get on the same shoot of music. We have to get focused. We've got to stop the infighting. We've got to be able to identify exactly what we're we're going to do and tear these things out first tier, second tier, third, third tier, so on and so forth. But off the top of my head, I'm going to tell everybody right now, you need to go study something, three things. I would just want you to look it up on the internet. And if it looks mildly interesting to you, then go over to your favorite online bookstore and get the guide so we can fill in all the gaps. First one you're going to look up is hybrid warfare. Look at hybrid warfare. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just go look at it. And if that looks pretty compelling and exciting to you, like, hey, that sounds like something that's going on right now, then you need to go buy the book and get the rest of the information so you figure out how to, how to save yourself. The other thing is unrestricted warfare. If you read the definition of unrestricted warfare and you go, hey, that kind of looks really familiar and those people who do that kind of stuff look like they're really involved in my life right now. Well, then you need to go get the, the Citizens Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. And, and, and last but not least, irregular warfare. If you go look up the definition to irregular warfare right now, and it looks mildly compelling, like, hey, that looks like it could be happening right now, then you need to go purchase the Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare so you can find out what your role is in this whole thing and how you can empower yourselves, empower your family. Because we want to stop seeing families getting torn apart. We want to see the country stop getting torn apart. We want to see globally, we want to see countries getting along with each other with inside their own governments, again, to the degree in which they can. If you go look at France, Germany, the United States, Brazil, uh Canada. Canada. I mean, everybody is, excuse my language, everybody's throwing a shit fit right now because everything is collapsing because of all of this fifth generation warfare. The weight is getting very heavy. Mm -hmm. So the only way us as citizens are, is go are going to survive, I'm telling you now, and there are there's plenty of people behind me who have read this book and say, yes, this is exactly how we're going to survive. You've got to get the guide and you've got to start employing those lessons.
Okay, awesome. I'm going to ask uh, the Calvin Coolidge Project to ask their question. Try and keep it to like one minute or so so we can get to as many as possible. Hello, thank you. I have a, a couple questions for General Flynn. How are you doing this evening, General? Very good. I appreciate you uh, you joining us. Yep. Uh, my first question is, do you believe Donald Trump can win in 2024? Wow. Uh, I do if and only if uh, we are able to dominate literally at the county and precinct level. I think that anybody that thinks that we are going to win another election in this country, or we're going to have a fair election in this country, is out of their minds unless that the, and there's a couple of, there's a, there's a lot more complexity to this answer, but we must, we must dominate at the county and precinct level. And, uh, and the Republican Party uh, is going to have to get its act together, which it does not have it together right now. Uh, and they're going to have to turn uh, the whole thing upside down and really, really focus on the grassroots uh, movements going on in this country. Uh, for example, the precinct strategy, and there's a lot of precinct strategy grassroots organizations uh, and, and uh, county clubs. I mean, I'm, I'm directly involved in, uh, in some of those here in my own uh, local area. And uh, so that's the only way that I can see a path to victory is if we dominate the precinct and, uh, and counties, uh, you know, even, even more so than the states. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, I can go in rhyme and verse on, on the electoral college path, which I don't see right now unless we change this thing around. And I was, I was against one other point on that. Um, I was against sort of getting into the, the mail-in ballot and the ballot harvesting. But in some states, that's the law. And until, until it's not the law, we've got to get, uh, we've got to figure out how to uh, maneuver within that, uh, within that battle space. And so the Republican Party has been horrific. I mean, it's absolutely horrible in doing this. And, uh, and I think that's why we are where we are. But this is, this is not politics as, as usual going on uh, globally. The, the global war, the global fight, the global uh, uh, dimensions that we are involved in is, is this globalist elite uh, versus, you know, in our case here in the United States of America versus the sort of the America first. Those, those people, which I do believe that it's a majority of people in this country, love this country and want to see this country continue to thrive. But there's a globalist uh, dimension and there is a globalist elite group, you know, in places like uh, the World Economic Forum, the World Bank, World Trade Organization, World Health Organization, International Monetary Fund, European Union, United Nations. Those are all globalist organizations, unelected and for the most part, who uh, do not um, they, they, they see the world totally different than the way we actually believe it should be here in America. So uh, so I hope that I know it's a, l- a little bit more complex of an answer, but uh, it's got to be done at the local level. Awesome. Cool. Um, OK, we're going to go to the big MIG. The big MIG, when you come up here, you can go ahead. You got to You got to turn the button on for your mic. Yeah. Uh, was that me? Yes. Hey, yes, great. Hey, you. Tracy, thanks very much for allowing me to speak. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good, uh, good. It's Lance Miliatro from the Big MIG. Beautiful. Uh, just really quick, I don't know what kind of insight you can give us on three things. Rodney Joffe, new star, 
the Erickson report and uh, the allegations that were made by Dennis Montgomery in that shift when he turned over those 53 discs that he alleges that uh, Fort Detrick and Fort Washington are spying on Americans using uh, uh, surveillance systems that were actually obviously uh, initially created for foreign surveillance. Any insight you can give us any of those? Yeah, what's What was the second one? Second one was the Erickson report. Oh, yeah, the Erickson report. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, all of those are very, there's talk about complexity, all very complex. Uh, I would just offer that uh, for many, many decades, one of the things that came out, and this isn't, this isn't going to be interesting because all of what you said, uh, this, this subcommittee that's been formed, the weaponization of government subcommittee that's been recently formed, when you go back to... Um, Things like the church, uh, the church committee, you know, where did FISA come from? Why do we have something called the House Intel and the Senate Intel committees? Because of the outcome of the church committee. Okay, so things began to, you know, the, the consequences of us examining ourselves, which is what these really these things do that you mentioned, it, you know, it causes a response. And what we have to do is make sure that the response, my, in my eyes, I, my response would be not to grow more government, right? That I'm, I'm, more, I'm for, you know, re- reducing the size of government and, and, and making sure that we have real strict controls and measures to be able to maintain those controls. But, for, for example, the FISA court came out of the church committee and back in the, you know, back in the, uh, in the 70s. And look at what we've learned about the FISA court. Okay, the FISA court has been totally manipulated, lied to and and fallen under the the weight and the trap and the trappings of uh, of a of a of a of a of a bloated federal government. And it has hurt people not only, you know, intellectually and emotionally, but physically, because it's probably we probably have people sitting in jail today because of being manipulated. So those three things, without getting into the eaches of 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 each one. I really do think that it's one of the most fascinating things for people to observe is going to be this weaponization of government subcommittee. And if they try, if they try to do things behind closed doors, shame on this, on this, uh, on the house leadership, uh, because it should be done under the, under the, the light of day. It should be done in front of cameras. It should be done in front of the American people. And if somebody's got some classified thing that they need to talk to, fine. Go talk about it. But all this nonsense uh, that we've been, that we have learned about classification and and uh, and manipulation, uh, we the people want accountability. And I want to see I want to see um, everything done in the light of day. That's to a degree. Those are some of the, the the elements that come out of what you just asked about, Lance, because, you know, the like the Dennis Montgomery stuff, you know, is is what he has exposed or what he has talked about. Is that real? Absolutely. Our government has a has a has an amazing capability to be able to do a lot of things. And uh, and we do that. I mean, look at the look at the uh, the various things that we know, the CIA. Look, look at what Tucker Carlson just talked about just here recently when it comes to the JFK assassination. OK, I mean, there's so many things that our government has been involved in that have now come to light. And so what we have got to come to grips with, folks is we've got to come to grips with this idea that we are involved in this in this in this fit this form of, of warfare called fifth generation and we now have to be more 
we have to critically think even more. We have to uh, we have to uh, rapidly respond. We have to uh, make sure that we understand what what we act you know absolutely know. And like I said earlier on, be careful of the first report. I've been I've been guilty of that. Sometimes a report comes in, something comes in a you know a picture or something like that, and you find out after the fact. Well, it was you know it was superimposed or it was wrong. And 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 so always take that uh, the emotion out of the initial uh, impact and try to uh, and try to reason and critically think what is it that's happening. And I think that if you can do that then you can overcome the kinds of things that we're learning about our own government. Cause our, our government, I, that I can talk about all day and, uh, and, and, and where it's come from the 19, let's just say the 1960s all the way till now. And it's, uh, it's out of control. It's definitely the federal government is out of control. Amen. Absolutely. Thanks. Great answer. Um, of course. Come to expect no less. Um, Code of Vets, Gretchen, you're next. Hey, Tracy. Hey, General Boone. It's nice to see you guys. Um, oh, my gosh. Love you all. Haven't talked in a while. Just wanted to, to put out there, my heart is really heavy for our January 6th prisoners. And I really do view them as um, our first prisoners of war in this fifth generation warfare we're dealing with. And I, I guess my question is, is what can we do for them? How do we proceed legally? I, I just about their general well-being. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll start seeing increased suicide rates as time continues to march on with them. Um, what can we do? Boone, you want to jump on that? And I can... Yeah, my, big, my biggest thing with, with, the, with the whole January 6th, guys that are still rolled up, uh, it, there's, not enough, there's not enough public fervor. There's really not. And as you can see, everybody's, you know, they brought up this big January 6th you know, tribunal, quasi wannabe tribunal that, that got nothing. It's not, that is nothing. It's a nothing burger. But at the same time, it, it, it had an effect. And the effect was it made people stay quiet because they don't want to be involved in these things. Um, the guys who are locked up right now, what, the, what we really need to have, and we did this within the veteran community years and years ago, and it was very, very effective. We had organizations that were standing up for the incarcerated because, uh, for those that don't know, during this particular war, this time of war, we've had more uh, United States military incarcerated for war crimes than any other time in our history. And that doesn't mean that the guys were, were crazier or there were bigger problems. It was because the ROEs, you know, rules of engagement change you so quickly. Guys are in, guys are out. And, and it really had a, that had a, that had a factor. But the, the thing that really helped a lot of the guys out is we would gather. And, you know, I'm not seeing big groups gathering and saying, hey, we need to do something about the, these people. Remember, social capital, social capital is political risk. Um, if you want to create political risk on your on your public officials, you have to show up in mass and say, hey, listen, we're no longer going to support you unless you do something about this. And I'm not seeing that those connections happening. They might be. But my answer is always going to be get people out in mass. Just get them out in mass, because I think a lot of people feel a lot stronger about this. Um, than than what they say in public, but they they really do feel very strongly about this because this could be any of us mm-hmm. at any given time, and uh, this isn't about those guys in jail. This is about what happens when you're in jail, and what you're going to do for them. You know who's going to do something for you, 
And I think we have to look at it that way. At the same time, I, you know, anybody that goes in a building and commits a crime they, they and they're found guilty of the crime, they need to do their time, pay their fine, whatever, and then they're done. You let them go. But right now we've got guys rolled up and it's just not, the punishment is not fitting the crime or, or where's the trial? What's happening? You know, I mean, they're just being stuck. You know, they're being railroaded and stuck. And that in, a, in and of itself, when we're talking about the process of law, the process, mm -hmm. the process has been completely bastardized and weaponized against a single group of people. And that's where this has to stop. So it's not just about the guys who are rolled up for J6. It's about the entire government mm -hmm. being used in a way that is directed against a segment of, of its population. This is what has to stop. And until we're really good and pissed about it and actually want to take a step outside the front door into the physical domain and start creating some sort of fervor for, for their innocence, it's going to stay the same. It's, it, it's really going to take all of yeah. us together. We win. Yeah. And, the, and so just to, just to harp on, on a couple of points, the process of the rule of law has been so broken uh, when it comes to this this issue uh, and these people, these these, you know, I mean, the, uh, these, you know, many of them just poor souls that are stuck. And uh, so that's number one. The rule of law processes have totally broken down. These are uh, these are uh, political prisoners. I, I would add, though, that there are there there's some, you know, there's some, you know, breaking of windows and climbing in through doors. And, but but there's a lot of that that that. A lot of these people did nothing and they did nothing wrong other than peaceably protest and showed up. The one thing I want this group to know, and I talk about it a lot in places I go, this is not over. I mean, the Department of Justice came out, before, I think it was right before Christmas or maybe two or three months ago. I think it was right before Christmas. They talked about they're looking at another thousand, potential thousand arrests in this coming year. You know, I, I, I get my, you know, my, my door gets knocked on once in a while. I'm under subpoena for the January, for the unselect committee that, did exist. I mean, it's it, it's it's over. But uh, but it was uh, I, I think a lot of this thing, because it does appear that a lot of this was set up. There's there's definitely things that were set up to to prepare the sort of the battle space for manipulation. And I think that if this either the Judiciary Committee or the uh, Weaponization of Government Committee is going to have to get to some level, I don't know if they're going to get to the bottom of it, but they got to get to some level where the American people begin to have confidence again, which is going to be really hard to do in our justice system. It's going to be extremely hard to get to, to regain confidence in our justice system because they have uh, they have so broken their oath to uh, to the American people. And uh, when you have a 95 percent conviction rate in the Department of Justice, something's not right. Agreed. It's a travesty. Um, we're going to go to Sphinx and then Rob and then Senior. I know who you are, Senior. We'll, we'll go to you next after after Rob. So go ahead, Sphinx. Hi, General Flynn. Thank you for being here and taking our questions today. I have a couple of questions um, really quick. First, I'm a strategist. So as a strategist, I wonder, is there a strategy that you learned in the military that you have found useful uh, in, in your work in politics? And the second is how, what has been the most or what have been the most effective strategies for cultivating a sense of unity among, let's say, a, we'll call it diverse 
diverse team, but sometimes a bickering team, uh, a, a fractious team, if you will. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I think culture. And so my immediate my immediate reaction to your, you know, r- really smart question is culture. You have to understand the culture of the of the group or the organization that you're that you're inside of. And and then if you're the leader of that group, you know, the, the strategy then is to is to, you know, either change the culture if it's a really if it's a really bad culture. I mean, if it's a and you're now in charge of it. So I, and I've been in I've been in those situations. You know, I would have to basically rip the culture out and try to and, and try to bring in a, a, a different culture, one of teamwork, one of one of mission over ego. One of, uh, you know, where, where you get you, you get rid of the, the arrogance or the attitudes that people can have. And that was in the military. It was in some of the some of the, the best organizations that we have in the military, you know, where, you know, certain things get in the way. And what you're what you're all really all about is is the mission that you're given and your ability to accomplish that mission. But also maintain uh, you maintain yourselves as professionals and uh, and you have to create that culture. So I think strategically. Culture is really the, the the most important issue within a within an organization. What is the culture of that organization? You got to understand it. You got to be able to to uh, to uh, to either change it or or adjust uh, to make to make it uh, work to be able to accomplish your mission uh, or whatever tasks you're given in the you know in the from a civilian uh, standpoint. I, I do think that organizationally, how you how we we call it task organized for combat, right? So when I what I mean by that is you've got to look at your organization and you've got to say are we properly organized to be able to accomplish the range of activities and missions that we have been given. Now now it may all sound very military but it's actually very similar to all walks of life particularly in government. One of the things that I that I know and uh, because I learned it in different different assignments I was in in some very very you know key assignments as I was sort of growing up in the military, but then as I got into the political realm, most people that go into government, the, particularly the political class, and and you know even senators, because you think senators are, you know, would know more than a, than a member of the house. But th- these people, they they're they're good people for the most part. Some some, uh, not all, uh, but they're not very bright when it comes to the structure of our government, or the kinds of things that our government actually does. Now, maybe somebody that stays there for 40 or 50 years, they actually are there because they know they've learned how to manipulate it. So tasking, task organizing for the type of, of mission that you're, or, or, or missions, plural, that you're going to have to achieve, that's another sort of strategic uh, uh, idea that you would have to, uh, to really focus on to be able to move an organization forward even if it's a small organization, even if it's a small business. So um, those are just a couple of things, culture and then the uh, and how you organize to achieve your mission. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate Absolutely. it. I just followed you, too. That's what's cool about She's this. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. She is fantastic. There's a couple of people Thanks. on here that I see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Twitter spaces because it's only the second time. So I see people that I probably blocked that are on here and that's fine <laughs> i'm not going to unblock them because I, I probably did it for a reason i'll go back and look at why um rob you're next and then Thank we're you. gonna then hey, we're before, 
before we get to Rob, can I can I chime in on that last question? Because I think uh, I can add some perspective. Because I had a real problem when I got out of the military and I started. Uh, for those who don't know me on here, I've worked in the in the veteran space as an advocate uh, since 2010. And so uh, it was at the same time, a lot of guys were coming up at the same time. It was the same time Ranger Up was coming up. It was the same time Grunt Style, same time uh, long before Black Rifle Coffee, even before the Article 15 guys. It was, it was a time when the community was coming together and everybody, it was very, so I want people to pay attention. It's very, very important to pay attention to this. We have a movement here, okay? From everybody who's listening, everybody who's, who, who is somewhere right now, here's the sound of my voice. You're paying attention because you want to be a part of a movement. You're a part of a thing. And this thing has to have three things, purpose, direction, and motivation, each and every one of us in order to get to where we're going. We missed a chunk of that when we, when, when guys got off active duty, they went to the veteran space or veterans are trying to do advocacy and stuff because we were popping up. They were popping up new orgs like every other day. The 22 this, the 18 that, the save our soul soldiers. There are all these organizations that were popping up and there were people that had never run organizations before. Very similar to what we have now in this side and in, in this movement. So in that movement, we, we didn't have people who had run civilian organizations before. They were trying to do good things. Their heart was in the right place. Everybody thought they had the secret sauce and maybe everybody was us a little bit behind them. But what we didn't have was people working together. They weren't working together well enough, I'll say. And now these are people that came from the same environment. There's a whole other challenge over here on the civilian side that we're dealing with now. But we have some, some similar factors. We've got people who have come together who haven't necessarily done this before, who have a certain cause and belief system that want to get things done. That is the same. Now, there are people over here that also think they each have the secret sauce. Well, guess what? I hate to tell you, but none of you have the secret sauce, not a one of you. But together, collectively, you might. But you got to talk. you got to communicate. you got to make that happen. We lost about mm, eight years in the veteran space from people just infighting and having to deal with all that stuff. Uh, it, well, if you're wearing this shirt, you're not a part of that club, but you know, it, it was just insane. And I, a lot of times I blame the leadership because we got into a lot of commercialism, c- consumerism at the time, people were making money off of, off of, off of the audience. And so because they were making money off the audience, they kind of lost sight of the bigger picture, which is getting our people home and getting them well, getting them healthy again and, and to not suffer and to not take their own life. And that, that was, that was the primary mission that I think we were all thinking of in the back of our mind. But a few people kind of pushed consumerism to the front and then it became competitive. And then we really weren't taking care of people the way we could have. Now, today in the in the veteran space, those who were, were the movers and shakers and rising to the top, they're at the top and they're, they're solid. They're there. Those who really couldn't run businesses or organize at all and were constantly in fighting, they've kind of fallen away. They're someplace else in life now. So now you've got these this hybrid of workers within the veteran space who can make things happen very, very fast and get things done for our community at really epic speed when we want to. And since nobody's fighting over the same consumer dollars all the time, we can make that happen. Everybody's got their piece of the pie cut out. This is what I'm telling you is happening in this movement now. Some people are motivated by different things, but they have the same ideals. We've got to not just have the same ideals. We have to have the same motivations. And we have to be pushing towards one cardinal direction. We don't have to be on the exact azimuth, but if one's on a 270 and other person's on a 180 azimuth, we're not going to get anywhere. Everybody's got to be going the general cardinal direction. 
And so what I'm going to go back and say, everything General Flynn said was absolutely true. And when you're in organizations that have already been established, that's how you get them. That's how you get them knocked together. You clean, you, you, you clean house and you bring people in there, the right culture and it spreads in this environment. We can't clean house. Everybody's a volunteer. Everybody's here because they want to be and they might leave tomorrow. So we have to look for a sense of commitment that is greater than what we've had. And that sense of commitment has to be geared on, do we have the same motivations and are we willing to work together as a team? Because if you're the guy out there listening right now who thinks you only have the secret sauce and you're smarter than everybody else, you've just isolated everybody but you. We've got to take that away. Take away the isolation, start working as a team because we all, we're all in this together. There's January 6th guys. We could each be the next guy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we, we got to get our business together right now because once people start getting rolled up and thrown in cells, guess what? Less people want to actually do something. So you're at a place right now in this movement where if we don't grab our numbers now faster than they can start arresting people, because once they start arresting people, it's going to be harder to grab numbers because more people are going to be afraid. So you're in a phase right now where we should be grabbing as many numbers as possible. You got to get this guide out there. We've got to be going in one central direction and we've got to stay focused on the same motivations. I just wanted to throw that in there. Thanks for your time. Thanks. That's great. Uh, um, Rob, it's, it's Rob, hang on for, Rob, Rob, hang on yeah. for one second. I, I'm working with someone else and screwed up the order. So I promise sure. you're next. We're going to take, uh, we're going to take senior first and then you'll go right after. Okay. Hey, good evening, General Flynn, Sergeant Cutler. Thank you very much, Tracy, for uh, allowing me this opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Um, so, first off, I'm dying to, to dive into your book. Um, it's one thing to complain about something. It's another thing to actually uh, do something about it. And uh, hopefully this will help us get our feet underneath of us and off of our heels and uh, – you know, back into uh, moving in a positive direction. So I'm looking forward to this, uh, to, to diving into this book. Amen, um, brother. I was um, introduced, and I'm probably the last one on this forum. Everybody else has probably heard of it. But I had never heard of, and um, make sure I pronounce it correctly, uh, Antrophic Warfare, A-N- A-T-R-O-P-H-I-C, which means exactly what the word says, which is rot. And I first became aware of this when, and I'm sure the general is familiar with it, Unrestricted Warfare by those two Chinese Mm -hmm. colonels uh, published in 1999. And there's a section in there regarding, um, basically, they didn't call it that in their, in their seminal paper. But antrophic warfare, um, which is to rot society mm-hmm. uh, so that it becomes so vulnerable that it can be knocked over with little to no uh, effort. And part and parcel to that was the use of illegal narcotics. Uh, my last two years at the FBI, I was um, with the uh, high-intensity drug trafficking area for New England, mm-hmm. uh, six states. And I watched this. Uh, with the uh, Office of National Drug Control Policy under the Trump administration. And then I watched it completely degenerate into um, a farce uh, under the current administration. Um, so your book is timely. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously no fault on you two gentlemen. I, I wish we had had this years ago. 
Um, but no, we're, we're, we are under a full assault and there are elements from foreign actors that are seeking to take advantage of what's going on in, in some cases naturally. Um, but they're, they're definitely, uh, got their foot on the accelerator and trying to push it through. Um, so I'll, I'll shut up, but um, thank you very much. Yeah. Let me, let me just jump on real quick and I'll talk because the, the war on drugs, just be, you know, because this is, this is part of trying to rot a society from within the war on drugs. And we've had a drug czar, you know, going back to uh, back in the nineties when it was first identified, we've always had a drug control office or, you know, of course, parts of our government that dealt with that illegal narcotics, but the drugs are, we have, we had made, because it's very profitable for many people in our government. Okay. And if you could see the look on my face, I, you'd see a really just incredibly pissed off. Look, the war on drugs is, uh, has been a law. We have turned it into a sort of a law enforcement activity and which is, which law enforcement by its nature is always reactive because the crime, the crime occurs. And then the law enforcement kicks in. I mean, you know, the really good policing will prevent stuff, but it's generally a reactive type of capability. So the war on drugs, we call it a war on drugs. We've been calling it that. We have the drug czar, right? And, and we have been, uh, uh, we've been dealing with it as law enforcement. We are up against cartels that are, that are they're, they're more financially sound. They're more tactically sound. They're more uh, uh, strategically smart. They are more equipped than most nations on the planet. You know, th- this is a war. This is a real war. The idea of fentanyl. So let's just talk about fentanyl because it's, it's, it's the here and now on the streets versus meth or something else. Fentanyl is really dangerous. The Chinese are feeding that into the society of America, into the, into the fabric of America. One example, because this is near and dear to my heart, because I was briefed on this when I was still, when I was over at the, uh, working in the, in the director of national intelligence office where I was responsible for, for international, federal, state, uh, local, and tribal law enforcement, okay, and, and the intelligence uh, components of that. And I was given a, 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 you know, basically a walkthrough of how one cartel would go to the elementary school playgrounds and feed kids these very highly addictive drugs, get them hooked, you know, and they would do it for a month or two. They would find the, they would find the toughies in the neighborhood. They literally would do their own reconnaissance and they would find the kids who were the, who were the kids that they could then use to sell. And then once they, once they got the kids addicted, then the kids could, you know, then they would do anything. They, they, they had them. And this is in a neighborhood in New Jersey. Okay. This was in a school, in the schoolyards of New Jersey. And this is only, this is probably in the last 15 years. So, you know, fast forward to now. I mean, it's like every playground. It's every city. It's every town. It's every, it's, and it's not just urban America. It's, it's rural America. So this, this rot to rot our society from within by just focusing on that component. Never mind some uh, some of the other real deleterious things like child sex trafficking and all the other things that that uh, that cause the moral decay of, of a society and of America. So yeah, I mean this is a very very difficult time. We are going to have to come to grips with all this. And I'll and I'll I'll finish with this. There's two types of problems. There are solvable problems and there are manageable problems. Everything that I just talked about are only manageable. They can't, they're not going to be solved. They're not going to be solved overnight. Some of them will never be solved. They're only manageable, but they, they must be managed by really, really smart, tough, savvy leaders 
Uh, and we don't have those right now. And I'm sorry, sorry to say that, you know, with, with the exception of, and I mean very few exceptions of a few in the last probably 30 years, we have not had those type of leaders. And we definitely don't have them inside of, uh, of, the, of the uniparty that exists today. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Rob, go ahead. Great. Uh, General, it's truly an honor. Um, I am very curious, uh, seriously, if you've seen the movie Eyes Wide Shut and you're talking about the elite, you know, the World Economic Forum, the, the very first meeting, the keynote speech was given by Otto von Habsburg. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are becoming aware of the language of symbolism mm-hmm. and that these people follow an alternative religion. And I'm just curious, you know, as one example, what what is your opinion of, you know, someone like Tim Russert calling out Skull and Bones on Meet the Press? Yeah. Like, what what's going to happen? Like, in the long term, can this even be overcome? Because I don't think it can. Yeah, you know, I... Um... I don't know. So I don't know. But what I do know is that, and I'm just speaking for myself, uh, Rob, uh, what I do know is that if we don't do something, if we don't, you know, if we don't stand up against this, then we are going to, to succumb to something that is, that is unimaginable to most. It's imaginable to me because I have seen the worst in humanity. I have uh, had the privilege and honor of serving uh, in places that, you know, for our for our uh, for our military, in places that most people would never want to be, and seeing things that are unspeakable, um, and and we have to understand that humanity, human nature, hasn't changed, hasn't changed. So, for anybody that's on this, that has you know is. You know, thinks ah, this new world order, ah, this world economic forum, all this globalist elite is all a bunch of talk. You know, do me a favor. Don't listen to what I say. Go listen to what they say. Go look at at their speeches and their discussions and their papers, which I do read and I and I do listen to. You know, well, well because I'm not a sleeper. I you know, meaning I can't sleep. So I listen to you know, and I and I read like patents. You know, I, I get into reading patents at times because I want to know, well, what did the patent for COVID vaccine actually get, you know, get get patented? Well, it wasn't in 2019 or 2020. It was in 2015. So 2015. OK, folks. So I, I want to, people to know that this is very real. Uh, it's it's very near and dear to my heart because because America is an experiment in democracy. It's a constitutional republic, but it's an experiment in democracy. And the fact of life, the fact of world history is that nation states rise and fall. And there are, and I'm very, very, uh, uh, I'm, I'm an expert in indications and warnings. Okay, I've spent my life looking at indications and warnings. And the indications and warnings that I have studied and, and uh, on other nations that have, that have collapsed under their own weight internally because of internal issues, well, the United States of America is is you know has tendencies for many of those same indicators and warnings that uh, that we have seen throughout all of history. So, I I, I appreciate your uh, your question, and uh, let me throw it over to Boone to see if Boone has any yeah. comments on that. Yeah, Rob. Hey, man, I I appreciate your how you feel about this whole thing because I I'm hearing what you're saying. Tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I'm hearing you 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 
you identify an elite group of people that you feel must be stopped. Is this correct? I um he's he's not on stage anymore, Boone. Okay, well let's let's take it this way. We're going to assume Rob just said yes. He wants to stop evil people. This is what I want to say to the audience and and to think, Rob. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of poke it in your direction a little bit, but it's for a purpose, mm-hmm. and I, I really appreciate you being kind about this. Um, I don't know these people. Okay, I don't know elite people who do weird things, and um, I don't know those. Like, I don't hang out with them at the local bar and drink rum and coke. I don't know them, uh, so I, I can't speak to that. But I can say that. It, in the town that I live in, there are open seats for uh, for the w- whichever committee you want to be on, RNC, DNC, it doesn't matter. And I know that I can work my way in there and, and join that and, and, and make change in my local area. I know that the local schools need volunteers to work uh, the football games at night. I know that I've got uh, one neighbor who's a mechanic. I've got another neighbor who's a dentist that I've made friends with in case we get in a situation. I need friends that can do that. But I don't have a guy local next to me who knows how to work on computers. I need to figure that out. I need to find that person, bring them into my network. My point is this. Do what you can. Mm -hmm. Deal with the 30-meter target in front of you. A lot of people out there looking for those 500-meter targets and, and plinking all day, hoping they're going to get a hit on it, and most people never do. But if we just start focusing on that 30-meter target in front of us and we start knocking those down and moving forward, one day we'll be 30 meters from the 500-meter target that we want to hit. And we've got to knock down 30 – got to knock down targets 30 meters at a time till we get out there. And so all I'm saying to, to everybody out there is – I know you got a lot of opinions. I know you have a lot of things that make you emotional and you really get mad and you want to talk about it and make memes and send memes. And that's awesome. But if you're, it's kind of like the Bible says, faith without acts is dead. So if you have a belief in something and you want to act on it, well, now you're making progress. But if you have a belief about something and the only thing you do is talk about it, we're really not doing much except making noisy air. So we've got to do something more than make noisy, Aaron. I, I'm not taking anything away from you. I'm sure you're a, you're a pillar of the community, Rob. And you do a lot of things out there. I'm just telling everybody else that's listening. If you believe something and you're passionate about it, take a little bit of time and figure out what you're going to do with your passion other than talk and listen and write. I mean, you're actually going to do something. What, what needs to be done at your school? What needs to be done at your city council? What needs to be done at your state legislature? Where can you volunteer to work for, for a senator? You know, what can you do? What 30-meter target is in front of you that you're missing because you're too worried about something you can't hardly see? So let's pull it back and focus on that 30-meter yeah, target. Yeah, and, and because we're coming to the end, let me just, let me just put a, a big, you know, I mean, hallelujah on that. You know, I want, and we write about this in the book, I want everybody to think about, it's kind of like Isaiah 6, 8, right? Be, I want people to be Isaiah 6, 8. If everybody put themselves into the mindset of Isaiah 6, 8, you know, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me, right? If everybody had that, that, I don't know, that, that drive, that, 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 that sense of God, I've got to do more. I've got to, I've got to participate. Our country is a is is built on the backs of citizens who got involved and sacrificed 
And so I think if I if I leave this audience with, you know, other than just saying thank you and thank you, Tracy and Nick, for putting this on, uh, I want to leave it with, you know, be Isaiah 6, 8, you know, be that person, be that be that individual who, you know, because it only takes one sometimes. That's all it takes. So um, Tracy and Nick, thank you guys very much. Yes, thank you. Okay, Tracy, I don't know if you can hear me, but you went off you went off right, right quick. I don't know I why that happens. Sometimes that yeah. happens. I wanted to thank you guys for being here and apologize for the, the shortened Q&A period, but I'm sure we'll be able to get you back to do another one of these for sure. Um, uh, I messed up the time. It's my fault. You can all blame me. I'll take we'll all do it again. We'll <laughs> do it again. A couple section. times. Yeah, for sure. So go to the, to the nest up there. Click on uh, General Flynn's pinned tweet. Um, up there get this book it's absolutely fantastic and um appreciate all of your time i'm so sorry if you're up here waiting to speak and you didn't get a shot yep or or they can go to they can go to barnes and noble you know they can go there too oh cool okay Okay. well thank you guys so much for being here hope you learned something and uh we'll do it again absolutely god bless everybody see ya thanks guys